All right, what's up, everybody? This is Inside the North Side coming to you from the North Side. I am your host with the most from the Third Coast. Uh, I have a very special guest here. Uh, I have no words to pretty much sum it up, but I mean, go ahead and introduce yourself, bro. Yo, what's good? I am Principe Q. Uh, my real name is Savani Quintanilla. And yes, it's that. Quintanilla, no Quintanillas. Same lineage. <laughs> Bro, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Uh, give you some applause, applause. Nice, nice. It's, it's dope to be here. That's good. So, uh, how have you been, bro? How's your week been going so far? Um, It's good. It's been real chill. Real chill over here. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. So, as you were saying, you are that Quintanilla, a part of that, you know, that famous family we all know. Yes. So, um, to, to start off, how does it feel being a part of that family? Like to know like the whole, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. By, by now, like I'm kind of just, I, I kind of, I don't pay too much attention to it anymore. You know, like before I used to like, whenever people would ask me questions about it or whatever, I would get feel like a type of way, I guess, you know, but like now it's like, cool. Like, I talk about it so much. It's like, it's like nothing to me, you know? Yeah. I can, I can see that where you're just like, fuck, stop asking me, bro. I know, I, you know, yeah, I'm a part of the family, but judging, you know, fuck. <laughs> yeah. But before it was like that, but now it's like, man, like, I don't realize like to some people, like how huge, like my family is to their life, you know? And like, I never thought about that before. And so now it's, I like second, second guess everything, you know, like think about it again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, to start off, I mean, it's a, your family's been a big part of my family as well. You know, you know, your, your, your Thea's music, your dad's music as well. You know, just the whole, my whole life has pretty much been, you know, AB and Selena and just all that. So, um, it's cool to like have a Quintanilla on my show and to say, you know, I thank you guys so much for your music. I mean, you, you know, you, word, you, word. you know, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So, um, Tell me, tell me a little more about you. You know, we, we know about your famous family, but I want to know more about you. Yeah, um, I'm a producer, a studio engineer. I, I own a studio over here in Corpus Christi called Alebrije. It's a shared co-op with a photographer. His name is Malone. And with an artist, her name is Katarina. She uh, she paints. If you go to my Instagram, you, you, you'll find all of them on there. Um, but yeah, that's what's been keeping me busy lately is just the studio um i also dj i play parties from time to time uh my dad <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's pretty much me in a nutshell studio party dad <laughs> yeah so um when did you start getting into music i know like i said your family's really musical but like when did your musical journey start my musical journey started when i was in fifth grade i believe my dad got me a bass it was like a little beginner bass he tried to show me a little bit and i kind of wasn't interested at the time mm -hmm. so fast forward a couple years to middle school i got into band and um after that after middle school i kind of stopped getting into music again i got into sports a little bit and then uh, at the end of high school and it was like all right what's what's gonna happen now like where where is your life gonna go like you you can go a couple different directions 
and I chose music after high school. So I've just been doing music since I graduated high school, pretty much. So what sports did you play in high school? I'm, I'm assuming football. Yeah, yeah, I was a football player. Um, I played, what was it, left tackle. That was the position I played. Ah, left tackle. Oh. Yeah, left tackle. Nice. It, I, was, I was a little bit bigger back then, but, I mean, it was, it was fun. Football's cool. It was dope. That's cool. It, it, I, I liked it until it started getting serious. Mm-hmm. Like, when they started taking stuff way too serious, I was like, ah, that's not, that life isn't for me, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, of course, at the school I went to, you know, a lot of people take football super serious because, you know, in Texas, football is, Football's a religion, and you know yeah. once you once you're like in Pee Wee, you know, and then you get to the middle school, and then college, high school, and then you're like, well, shit, do I want to go to college and play and be a professional? Yeah, you know, exactly. It's super serious here. It, it gets yeah, it gets real, especially in Texas. You said it like it gets very very serious over here. Yeah, exactly, dude. So you said that your dad bought you a bass and that he you know he pretty much i guess wanted to groom you into playing bass um what kind yeah. of music did you grow up listening to cuz i know i read i saw one of the interviews you did and i i was guessing you were not really into the whole cumbia scene and music like that you know growing up but i think that's what it was i, rem- I don't remember yeah yeah i, I remember just like cuz like you know like my grandparents would pick me up from school or like my aunts and like they were they were older so they were listening to like the hound of music and cumbia and stuff and i was just like i was a little bratty kid like uh like we got to listen to this like <laughs> that type of situation and then i guess growing up like growing into an adult i, I wanted to figure out more like the roots of our culture you know like yeah. not just my family's music but like just our culture in general and that's where I started to like grow an appreciation for for cumbia music and like all types of cumbia music from all different countries because all, all the all the countries in South America make their own different type of cumbia and then Mexico cumbia is different Texas cumbia is different like everybody it's cumbia but it's all done in their own different way and that's that's really what drew me to it more like to want to mess with cumbia more is because like okay there's so many different styles that nobody really knows about yet you know yeah exactly dude like you know like you're saying in texas it's the honda music the honda music is our thing growing up in the 90s you know like you said you have your your tia and your your dad and then you know you have emilio and then you have you know david mm-hmm. garza you know my parents grew up around in that era so, you know, growing up, I heard all the Tejano music. I heard all the Kumba music, especially when you go to the weddings and the parties. And that's all that's yep. playing, you know. And it's like growing up as a kid, I remember it and I appreciated it. Then then I got older and I kind of strayed away, you know, and I'm like learning my own thing. and got into like metal and rock and stuff like that. But, you know, kind of like you now that I'm getting older, I'm learning to appreciate it way more. And getting into it more, like in my roots and stuff like that, because you know we're, we're Tejanos, and that's where our music comes from. You know, the the from the Germans that came, and you know with the accordions, and that's how they pretty much came up with the Hanu music and stuff like that. You know. Yep. So, yeah, man. Tejano is we're we're in a very uh, specific and unique place being in Texas, because Tejano only exists here. It's crazy. Like it, it's yeah, only dude. Exists here. It's crazy. People know about it. They know about it in other places, but like here is like it's Tejano country. You know, like everybody, everybody knows what Tejano is here. Yeah, dude. It's funny because like I've talked to people in LA because I know some people in LA, and you know I'll talk about Tejano music, and they're like, 
oh yeah I, I i you know i know what that is and i'm like oh i forgot you guys listen to like oldies and <laughs> and stuff like that you you're, you know their cold their music culture is way different than ours and te- texas like i said the hano's pretty much you know that's it's only here and it's so the hunter music is so great dude because it's so many different things you know it's it can be big band it could be you know soul folk it can be so many other things and it's great because it's like it's one genre but it can be spread out to so many other different things it's crazy Mm -hmm. so like growing up what kind what kind of music did you get into i mean i know you were talked about like that but like what was the main music that you were drawn into um, I think it was pop music mostly. Like I, I was listening to like whatever was on the radio pretty much. And, and I was, I mean, come, I come from the boy band era, you know, like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys and all that. Yeah. The whole like bubblegum pop like era, like that was my preteen years. So that's like what I was into. Um, but yeah, I, I used to listen to pop music all the time. And then when I was like around my dad, my dad would be listening to like house music and stuff, which is off the wall. Like you wouldn't expect when my dad was like creating the Gumi Kings to be listening to house music and stuff, but that's what he was listening to. So yeah, it was like pop music, house music. Um, my dad listened to a little bit of hip hop, but it was mostly like Puff Daddy. Like that was his like idol, I guess. It was like Puff Daddy at the time. So, <laughs> cool. Yeah, it was like it was a, a weird little mix of music, which I mean kind of explains how I am or like why I am now, you know? Yeah, exactly. So are you team Backstreet Boys or Team In Sync? Oh uh man, I don't know. Cause I, I mean so coming from a hit song standpoint, I guess I would be team Backstreet Boys because they kind of like had, had more bangers. Yeah. But in the era, I was Team Instinct all day. Same. Team Same. I yeah. have to like, I always defend it because they're like, oh, the Backstreet Boys. And I'm like, yo, the Backstreet, I mean, Backstreet Boys were good. I'm not going to lie. You know, but Sync, that got JT. JT's like yeah. the whole the whole thing, you know. And I was listening to it earlier today. I was listening to Sync, and I was like, damn, man, they, they had some bangers back then you know it's crazy yeah the production was like on point back then and then i yo i love justin timberlake but after i saw that britney spears thing i was kind of like oh no justin timberlake oh the the thing that i think is on (laughs) netflix right it's a documentary or something like that yeah yeah uh was it it was like cnn or something like some news channel did it or something but yeah it was was, a that britney spears whatever about like whatever's going on with her but then it like shed light on on some shit that Justin Timberlake did, and I was like, "Oh damn!" Ching <laughs> um, out, I, I think I, I I think he's canceled right now, bro. I haven't checked it out. I've heard about it, <laughs> you know, with all that. But I I am have to check it out because you know there's some there's some questionable stuff JT has done over the years. But yeah. um, if you're saying that, I got to check that out and see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely watch it. It's, it's really good. Very informative. So what got you into, I guess, music making? Was it like during high school? Was it after high school or, you know? It was like uh, my, I think my senior year, I, uh, I started to learn how to make beats and stuff. I was, I was uh, working with, you heard of El Dusty? Yes, I've heard of El Dusty, yeah. Yeah. So he used to have his studio set up at my mom's house for a little bit mm-hmm. and, um, 
I would just go in there and learn, learn from him. And he was showing me how to make hip hop beats. And he would have like people that need to get recorded, like in the studio. And he would be like, Hey, my homie's going to record you because he would have other stuff to do or whatever. So that's just how I picked it up. How I learned just being around Dusty and like in his studio. But I was, uh, I was only making hip hop beats at the time. And I was like chopping up samples. And cause at, the, at that time it was Kanye, Kanye was starting to, hop on the scene so it's like oh shit i gotta i gotta start messing with records and like samples because then like from hearing kanye i started to hear like who jay dilla is or like who like mf doom or like you know like all yeah. the like hip-hop like sample hip boom bap like type stuff so um but yeah that was me like out of high school or like senior year graduating like first year out of high school like type era that's cool. I mean, and of course, it's like it's in your blood too. You know, the the whole just music thing, and I would you would assume like it would just like draw to you and be like, okay, it's your time now. It's time to take you into the music world. <laughs> yeah, it kind of like came kind of full circle because I was I was really into sports and I was ready to like go all in with sports, and then it got a little too heavy for me. So I was like, man, there's what else? What else am I gonna do? You know, like yeah. let's see let's see what happens if I do start messing with music, and then boom, I I loved it. So you, now I'm here. I'm still doing it. Were you getting like people like recruiting you and coming to your like your house and like, hey, bro, you know, you can go here if you you know sign with us and stuff like that. Was it like oh, that football? serious? Yeah, for football. Was no, it like no, that serious? No, 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 no. It was no. It, it wasn't that serious. It was just like I went to uh, like a football high school. You know, like, okay, they're, okay, okay. They're, literally, all the funds from that high school go. I don't want to throw their their shit out there, but like <laughs> all every single penny and dollar that. The, the government gives the school they pour it into their football program and like i just wasn't ready for that type of coaching like people yelling in my face and shit and like yeah i can just, see that i don't know I, I was i was i wanted to have fun and they weren't they didn't look like they were having fun they were just it's, it's a serious serious, mode, serious. You know? yeah 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 I, I, I wasn't about that you know and then uh i was pretty much on the practice squad so like i was just getting my ass kicked every day by by the bigger dudes and shit so like ah, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm I'm out of here. Got my breath knocked out a couple too many times. <laughs> like in those videos where like they're depressed. Boom! Ooh, I couldn't do that, dude. Mm-hmm. I I tried joining football one time when I was in high school, and they're like, "Nah, you're nah, you're not, you're joking." And I'm like, "No, yeah, let me play football." You know, I tried out for baseball, that didn't work out. I tried out for basketball, that didn't work out. I tried out for football. Well, of course, they didn't even let me on the field. And then I was yeah. like. Yeah, I was like, man, whatever, you know, and um, music has been a part of my life as well, but I, I started playing guitar when I was, like, around 10. Um, I didn't really get too serious until I got into high school, and the funny stories of them. So, there was this guy, I forgot his name, but he had brought, like, this little cheap guitar you can buy, like, at Fiesta or whatever, when they used to sell them, and um, he would bring it around, and, and he brought it to lunch one time. And he couldn't play worth the shit. And so he was like, who plays? And I was like, I do. So I got it. I tuned it up and I played. And like, I, it looked like I blew everyone's mind. Like, oh, my God, this guy, this guy knows how to play guitar. And I'm like, yeah, it's, yeah, of course. Who doesn't know how to play guitar? <laughs> so for like the whole like lunch, people were like, play this, play that. Play. And I'm like, OK, yeah, sure, whatever. Oh, damn. It took the whole yeah, thing by storm, bro. Yeah. And, you know, girls are like, oh, can you play me this song? And I'm like. Uh, okay, yeah, but can I use your guitar real quick? 
So I like, but I'm not. I don't want to sound too big headed, but I like kind of started the culture over there. I'm just gonna say that. Uh-huh. You know? um, but Damn. I used to, I used to just take my guitar and just chill and play and whatnot. And then other people started bringing their instruments, you know. And then we started hanging out in one classroom because this one teacher was pretty cool, and he was like, "Hey, uh-huh. yeah, I can play in here and chill," you know. So I was like, "Okay, cool," you know. And um, after that, people start bringing like basses and like stuff like that, and I was like, okay. And then when I graduated, like continue kept going, and I was like, they started oh, their nice. own club and everything, and I was like, that's pretty cool, you know. But um, yeah, I kind of started the whole wave. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of people they wanted me to be like in bands. Hey man, I want you to be in my band, and I'm like, uh, I don't have no transportation, bro. I don't got no car. Oh, okay, well that's fine then. And I'm like, you know, whatever. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, I mean, that, if it wasn't going to be sports, because I when I grew when I got when I was younger, I wanted to be a baseball player, and I was like, yeah, that's my dream, that's my goal, that's who I'm going to be. And then music kind of crept around, was like, nah, this is what you're going to be. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know it. But like I said, music's music music is part of my DNA as well. Both mm-hmm. sides of my family play music, very musical: the guitar, drums, bass you know, whatnot, we sing and stuff like that. Um, I have the privilege, like I said, to have that jeans, you know, come down to me. I play guitar, I play bass, I sing. I do my own beats. Um, Sometimes, you know, the music that you listen to in the intro, that was all me. So, you know, I, yeah, you know, because when I first started the podcast, I was using samples from other stuff from YouTube, free stuff. And then I was like, you know what? I had this song in the back burner. I was like, let me just use it. And then people were like, oh, that sounds really good. So I was like, I kept it. And I was like, well, okay, this is my theme song. Whatever. Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Theme song. So you were talking about like Kanye and samples and stuff like that. Well, um, what's your favorite Kanye song? Oof. Or your favorite Damn. Kanye album? It, that's like, to a Kanye fan, that's like the most intense question ever. Like, um, the song, man, I don't have a favorite song. It really just depends on my mood. Because mm-hmm. to me, there's a Kanye song for every mood that I'm in. Like, for every, any feeling I feel, I could put on a Kanye song and, and that's it. So I can't really put my finger on the song. Um, the album, I think, uh, what, what is it called? I The one that says, I hate being bipolar. It's awesome. Oh, that, the one that came out like a couple yeah. of years ago, the little like EP. Yeah, I think it's called, it's called Yay or something like that. I think it's either that, either Yay or St. Pablo. They're both really good. St. Pablo is pretty good. Um, I got the, well, I had the, I have the reg, regular album and then I have like the deluxe where it came with like reimagined and remixes and stuff like that. And I was like, damn, Yay, you going that hard on this shit? <laughs> yeah, I think those, those two are my top. And then 808s and Heartbreak, too. So those like my top three. Right That's now. a very good album, dude. Um, I rem- It came out, was it, when I was in high school? I might have been like a freshman or a sophomore. And I listened to the, you know, the ones that are played on the radio. But recently, I listened to the whole album. And I was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? I was like, how yeah, the fuck have I been missing on this shit, dude? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. crazy. And it's crazy that you listen to it now and the sound is still like relevant, kind of, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like it, still, it still fits into today's music. It's weird. He was like way ahead of, of his time. Exactly, dude. Kanye, yeah, he's a genius. I mean, he said it himself, you know. So, uh, El Dusty, how, uh, when were you? When did you start working with him? Because I know he's he has like the music scene over there in Corpus and stuff like that. Like, um, yeah. You know. 
When did you start like working so, with him and all that? I've actually known Dusty since I was like um, I was like seven or eight, probably mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, and he because he's he's always been friends with with my family and, and stuff like that. And I started working with him when I was probably like eighteen. Mm-hmm. 17 or 18 and then he opened his studio and i would go over there to work in the studio uh actually it's crazy you know who kevin abstract is yeah i know who kevin F. so i used to record him at dusty studio really like w- way back in the day kevin abstract he was like 12 years old and i was like 19 or 20 something like that and dusty had him on his label and he would have me record all his sessions. Like whenever he had a session, I would be there recording the session. Really? It's, That's pretty cool, dude. Yeah, it's crazy how that like started here. And now he's like huge. He's one of the biggest. Right yeah. Now. And for our listeners that who don't know who Kevin Abstract is, which I'm pretty sure you guys know, he is um, one of the main founders of Brockhampton, who um, started in, in San Marcos, actually, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, he, he lived here in Houston for a while. I think he'd went to like high yeah, school in did. the woodlands and stuff like that. And he, that's where he met some of the other guys like Joba. And I think there was somebody else too. And, um, yeah. And then they went to San Marcos and then it, shit, it's history, you know? Blew up, yeah. I actually, so after working with me here in Corpus is when he moved to Houston. And that's kind of like when I lost contact with him because he like his phone number changed and like, we, we kind of like lost contact and then. He put out the first Brockhampton project, and I remixed one of the songs. Just like well, I put it on my SoundCloud, but yeah. that was the last time I like talked to him, talked to him, and I just I don't know. I wish I would have like kept in contact, in contact with it. Yeah, because you know, like it was kind of weird. Like you, you never expect, like you never know like what's gonna happen with someone's music career. You know, like, and I kind of just like I don't know. I didn't really take it as serious as I should have. I guess you know, kind of regret that, but. Yeah, like you said, you never I mean, know. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. That's I mean, it's, it's, it's still dope, a dope story to say. Like, yo, like, I used to fuck with him. That's pretty cool. I mean, that that's, that's some legit shit right there. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if I'm ever in the same place as him, I'm like, yo, what's good? He'll, like, remember me. So. Yeah. You know, so hopefully, hopefully he does. And, you know, hopefully the, the whole <laughs> Hollywood scene didn't blow up with his head and be like, who the fuck are you? Like, motherfucker, I put you on this shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So um, I know you work with Gio Chamba here in Houston. How did how did that start? Um, it's I so it was what year was it? I don't remember the exact year, but I was inducted into Bonbon. You know Bonbon, yeah, there in Houston. So I used to I used to be in Bonbon, and the year that I started to play over there at Bonbon, Gio and Coffee which is his conga player, yeah. they they had started playing shows together. So they would just pull up to the party together and I would just start to see them every every month at the party because I didn't live in Houston. I lived here in Corpus. Mm-hmm. So uh, every month I would see them. They would be there and they'd be like, yo, what's up? Like they, they were always so like super cool to me and like I, I really like enjoyed their energy whenever, whenever I met them and like was always around them and stuff. So naturally that progressed into me finding out that they were performers too and i was like yo i need to see these guys perform so it's just like there was one time i i had an extra day in houston and they were playing so i was like yo i'm gonna i'm gonna go so i went pulled up saw them perform and 
I don't even think it was like into the first song all the way. And I was like, I immediately knew, I was like, yo, I need to work with these guys. Like whatever music they have coming out next, I want to be a part of it. Just because I, I could feel like their energy and, and the performance and like as humans, like off the stage and stuff too. So like, it was, it was just, it just happened naturally, you know? And I moved to Houston. I think I was in Bonbon for like a year and then I moved to Houston. Mm -hmm. So when I moved there, it was like every day I was with Gio and Coffee. We were writing music. Uh, a lot of the music that we put out last year was actually written in that time, which was like maybe right. five years ago. Four or five wow. Years. Yeah, yeah. So we, we've been working on that music for a long, long, long time. Like just trying to get it better and get it better and get it better. And finally, we, we got all the songs to a point where it was like, all right, let's just put them out. So last year, it was like every other month or every month we were putting out a song. And those songs are from that era of me being in Houston with nice. the and coffee. How long did you live yeah, here in Houston for? It was like three years, like on and off. I think I lived there like a year and then I moved back for a couple of months and then I lived there like two years and then I, I came back. Uh, my, my girlfriend got pregnant, so I moved back over here. Okay, okay. How do you like Houston? I mean, I know you, you come here more often, but how do you, how do you feel? How do you like the vibe here? I love Houston. Houston is, is really my favorite place in Texas, I think. <laughs> Houston and the Frio River. You, you've you been out there, like, Concan, Texas? No, dude, I haven't, but my girlfriend has, and oh, they they preach the dude. truth on that, the Frio River, bro. Yo, it's, it's like paradise in Texas. Because, one, as soon as you get past a certain point, your phone just doesn't work. So, boom, cut off from everything. That's the best. And then... You're in nature, and it's beautiful out there. Like you never expect Texas to look like that, and it's really dope out there. So I like the I like Concan, Texas, and Houston, Texas, the best. Like in in all of Texas, yeah, Houston, Houston's a vibe for sure. Yeah, bro, I, I, I love it here, man. You know, I'm born and raised here. Whenever I have my family come over, I'm like, yo, y'all got to come to Houston, and they're like, let's stay to do in Houston. There's nothing, y'all boring, and I'm like, bro. <laughs> Y'all don't know what we got going on here, bro. Crazy. People just think it's like they don't got nothing. And I'm like, we're the fourth largest city in, in, in the in the country, bro. We got something going on every day. Yep. You There's know? all types of stuff to do over there. The food, the music, mm -hmm. the party life. Uh, you know, you got sports and stuff museums. like that. The museums as well, you know. All the museums are awesome over there. It's tight. Yeah, Houston's he's dope. I was just there, um, like, last week or something like that. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. I just popped in. Um, the place I'm at right now, actually, where I'm recording this, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's my homie's little, like, restaurant, like, type situation, and they uh, they sell snacks here, like, exotic snacks. Oh. And we go up to Houston, and we get, we get all the Asian, the Asian chips from, like, there's a, I think it's called Hong Kong Market over there in Bel Air. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so we just go ransack all the crazy flavors and bring them over here. Because, <laughs> you know, get them anywhere in Corpus, so we bring them over here. Yeah, dude, there's a big Asian market over here, you know, in Bel Air and then yeah. certain places, You the Hong Kong markets. I've gone to the Hong Kong markets. Dude, it's like entering another world. You're like, what the fuck? There's, yeah. there's shit here. But then they got the good-ass snacks, bro. Yeah, it's dope. Especially when you're, like, faded a little bit and you're like, bro, <laughs> this shit hit. <laughs> yeah. All the crazy flavors. Yeah, dude. It's so crazy. They got like, what the fuck? You know? Crazy. So let's go back go back into sports a little bit. So I'm assuming you're a Cowboys fan with the hat that you got on. 
Oh no, this is this is just for fashion. This is not a okay anything. I was just yeah, and it, I, I wear caps like uh, random old caps. I go thrift shopping a lot, mm-hmm. and my first stop is always the cap bin because usually there's fire hats that nobody buys. I don't know why nobody buys caps. I think it's because like they feel like they might get a ringworm or whatever, you know, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but you just take it home and you, you scrub it with some, some detergent and you're good. Yeah, exactly. Hang it out to dry. Yeah. I but found anyways, you- back to this is this is just for fashion. I don't like I don't like the Cowboys. Really? I, I yeah no I don't like the Cowboys. Um, I used to go for the Texans also, but then I don't know they started doing some questionable shit with the. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Hopkins? Is that is that who the everything was going on? Oh, with? the Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Watson, Watson, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. When that shit started happening, I was like, oh come on. And then JJ Watt is gone too, right? He he yeah. bounced. Yeah, he bounced too. Yeah, he was nah, like, yo, uh, just cut me. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm not. I can't fuck with the Texans anymore either because of that. JJ Watt was the Texans. I, yeah. I, I'll say it. I yeah, he it. was. I totally agree with you. <laughs> I used to be a Texas fan too, bro. And, you know, I would be like, yeah, hell yeah. The Texans watch him Sunday, you know, get the shirt, get the jersey, support the team. But as soon as everything started going south, you know, with them losing and people getting hurt and then them trading, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and then JJ getting hurt and Deshaun getting hurt and the Texans lose, I was like, man, I can't do this no more. And I know. That sounds bad to a lot of people because they're like, oh, you're just, you're hopping off. You know, you, you, you gonna jump on someone else. And it's like, yo, bro, I've been with the team. You know, I, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm texting and this and that, but it's like, sometimes you just got to dip when, you know, and I know it sounds bad, but I end up joining, I end up becoming an Eagles fan. The Eagles are my number two team anyways, but oh, um, nice, yeah. So it was ultimately just, you know, a transfer. And then I started noticing all the stuff like Watson and all that. And I was like, yeah, wait, I mean, all that, I, I don't know how true all that stuff is, you know, cause it's really, it's a really crazy story and I've kept up with yeah, it, Yeah, but I'm like, bro, you risked it all for a booty hole massage, bro. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, bro. And your, your girl could do that for you. I mean, I mean, she's not my main <laughs> to it, but I mean, <laughs> it was like, come on, just come on, just help me out a little bit, you know? Yeah, man. But it's crazy, bro. When you are like up here. And then people find out what you do, you know, behind closed doors, and then they expose it. It just, it makes you question, you know, makes you question them like, dang, bro, you, you, you roll like that. <laughs> yeah, man. It makes you think like, what else are these people doing that are like higher up or whatever, you know, like. It's a crazy world, Bureau, being a celebrity like that. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, like I said, I can imagine like, the, you know, the crazy stuff your your dad and, and your tia have, have gone through and seen, you know, just like with crazy mm-hmm. fans and just like, you know, uh, it's a crazy world, you know. Mm-hmm. So what is your favorite team? We never we never discussed that football wise. So what? Football, your favorite, oh, favorite team. team football? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I've been liking the Chiefs, what they've been doing the past couple of years, you know. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's a, it, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Story is like wild. Like, what? What was it? His rookie year, he won the Super Bowl, right? Or yeah, something like that. His first, or, his first or second year. Yeah, and it's like to to be able to do that, and it's the same team that he's been with since then. Like that's that's pretty dope. Um, but yeah, I I uh, I don't really watch football too too much, but I do I do see like you know the teams that are doing good. Or I mean, obviously the Chiefs. Um, but yeah, I think I think 
probably the Chiefs. Used to be the Texans, but nah. Yeah, switch over. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, do you like baseball or basketball or anything like that too? Uh, I I don't. I'm not really a sports person, but I watch them. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't really follow with anything. Um, basketball, basketball is probably my least favorite. You know. Basketball is the one I'll, I'll only watch the playoffs because the playoffs is really when it's like yeah, that's when it really when gets it lit. Gets, yeah, the games are good as fuck. Like cause they're they're playing to to survive, you know, like make it to the end. Exactly. Um, but I feel like I feel like in regular season they're just you're, they're just playing a game, you know, like just yeah. Basketball. <laughs> uh, baseball, I like baseball, but I gotta be watching it like in person because I I can't watch it on TV. Like, yeah, if I put it on, I'll fall asleep. It's just like golf. Like watching golf, I'll fall asleep watching that too. But uh, I do like baseball, but I like being at the game. I like to yell at the players and like the umpires and shit like that. Drink beers. Yeah, for real. Um, nachos. The whole like the whole vibe. The whole nine and everything. Yeah, I, it it's like that. I go. I watch the games here at home and like I'm I'm into it. But you know I have to I have to go because it, it's mm-hmm. like you said it's a whole different vibe when you walk into the stadium. You get your beer. You get your hot dog. You get your nachos. You sit in your seat and you just feel that like. That that vibe of like you know it it's baseball and you get to you know associate with other people and talk and scream and cheer and do all that other you know stuff and like that it's it's a whole vibe bro you know people don't yeah, understand yeah. it for sure for sure for sure so um, you said you're also a DJ when did you start DJing I started DJing uh, when I was in sixth grade actually really sixth six, grade yeah in sixth grade. I got a set of Pioneer CDJs, and they were just coming out at the time. And my dumbass learned how to use them, used them for like two years, and then I sold them to my cousin. And that was like the biggest mistake because those were like original Pioneer, like first ones ever made. Like if I had them now, like that would be fire. fire. Yeah. But, uh, I don't even know what happened to them. Like he, he probably ended up selling them or something too. But anyway, that that was a off topic. Um, yeah, sixth grade, I learned how to DJ. I used to play in my room. Uh, I would have friends over. I would play for them and stuff. Um, and then I started getting into different instruments, so I, I stepped away from DJing. Mm-hmm. And then I got back into it again when Dusty opened his studio. He uh, there was a, a controller that's when the turntable started becoming controllers and stuff yeah and there was one called the ns7 and when that one first came out dusty got it and he learned how to use it and he's like oh bro look check it out he showed me how to use it so i was like shit okay bet like i can do this i like i remembered like everything that i learned when i was in sixth grade and i was like all right bet like this is, is way easier than that so like i can do it like let's do it and i just started playing uh I would play like local shows here in Corpus. Uh, our homies owned a restaurant. I worked in the restaurant and then I would DJ sets after my shift. I would uh, just like go freshen up in the restroom, splash some water on my face and then boom, go straight to the DJ booth. Um, but that's really how I started to like get into it and like uh, learn how to play in a club, you know, like play mm-hmm. in a party, like type situation, how to stretch all your music for four hours, like having to play for four hours and stuff like that. Um, I really, I learned, learned the ropes here in Corpus pretty much. I mean, which is not really learning the ropes because it's just Corpus. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like it's 
there's not really a scene for that here. But it helped me build confidence to be able to be like, yo, I'm going to go play in Austin or yo, I'm going to go play in Houston or fly me out to New York. I'm going to play over there. And like, now that's what I do, you know, like I, I don't really play here in Corpus anymore. It's just like when I get booked out of town, I'll go play. Mm-hmm. So if I, if, if anybody listening to this is from Corpus and you see me about to DJ somewhere, know that that's very rare. So pull up. <laughs> <laughs> So how do you how do you feel when people saying DJs are not really musicians, bro? How do you feel about when they say shit like that? Uh, I can agree and disagree with it because there are a lot of DJs that are not musicians because they're just like they're just playing music. They're jukebox, human jukebox, mm-hmm. pretty much. They're only playing what people want to hear, you know. And then you have DJs who are musicians who are in the studio making all the music that they play on their set, you know, like mm-hmm. that's a musician. Like, yes, they're just playing through music, but they made all that music, you know, like it's a whole hour of music. You can't say that that's not a musician. Like they're making music, you know? So what if it's digital or like, if they can't like play a guitar, like sit at a drum set or whatever, like they're still creating music. They're still the musician. They're still, making sounds you know yeah um but yeah i mean it's like a it's a 50 it's like 50 50 you know like there are djs who aren't musicians but there are djs who are musicians and then you don't don't even get me started on turntablism because that's a whole instrument on its own right there you know like i can't scratch but there's dudes who can scratch a whole medley with just like a sound loop you know i've seen that. that that's crazy yeah that's like that's that's a that's definitely a musician right there, you know. Like to be able to, you're you're bending sound. That's the same as like playing guitar or playing the trumpet or something. Like you're just bending sound. So that's that's a whole like thing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I wanted to be a DJ when I was younger, and I never could afford a turntable until last year, and I bought me one. I bought me a Pioneer. And I started fucking around with it uh, during the pandemic because you know I had extra time and stuff like that. And I got pretty good, but then, like, my podcast kind of took over a little bit more. And then, you know, spending time with my girl a little bit more. And just, you know, I, I got so busy doing other stuff, I, I never really got to practice more on my, my turntables. But um, I can agree, bro. It, it It's a learning experience. And, you're like I, like I said, I'm a musician. And with me, how my mind works, it's like, okay, I listen to a song. And I'm like, okay, I compare this song with this song. And then intro into this part and do with this beat and, and this stuff like that. So... When I'm practicing, my mind is continuously going like, okay, what song goes with this? What song goes with that? Can I slow this down to fit with this tempo? Can I, you know, like it's, it, it's a whole nother thing because it, it's, you're thinking while you're doing it too. And you're like, okay, I got to play. It, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I'm like, I love it. But it's like, it's, it's, I have to like dedicate time to do all that. Cause like, I want to do parties and stuff like that. Not, not major parties, but small stuff, you know, get togethers with families and yeah, stuff like yeah. that, you know, but that's always been my, my passion wanted to DJ. Cause like, I'm constantly listening to music. Everything's going through my brain music wise and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So that's just, you know, I'm always downloading stuff. I'm always just finding new music and stuff like that. So for sure. That's that you got a rare type of brain to be able to like, we, we have rare brains to be able to hear music and be like, Oh, that would sound cool. Like with this song, or like, if you slow, like you said, if you slow it down, like it'll fit with this song or whatever. Like, that's a, a another level of thinking. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes I'm like, I can't think like normally, but when I'm thinking music wise, I'm like, <laughs> fuck it. I could, that's, you know, it's simple. Yeah. 
So I want to ask you about the sound that you have. You call it scrumbia. Uh, I mean, was it scrumbia, right? Is that what it's called? Or? Scrumbia. Scrumbia. So yeah, how, did you, how did you come up with that and how did that start, you know? That became from um, Dusty, from being around old Dusty again. So he put a song out called Que Le Pasa. That was his first like song as a, as a solo artist and stuff. And he put it out and put a music video out. And I was like, yo, I want to remix this song. So at the time, there was a DJ duo called Flash Adamas. Have you heard of them? Yes, I have. Flash Adamas, they, um, they did an original Don, uh, Major Lazer original Don uh, trap remix. Mm-hmm. And that was like the first time. Well, I mean, I don't know if it was the first time, but it was like the first time I heard like EDM trap. Yeah. And that's when the whole like EDM trap wave started going. And so I was like, yo, like trap beats are going to be DJ sets now. You know, like people are going to start playing trap music. So I was like, hey, I want to, that's what I want to do. So I want to play trap music. So I started to make trap remixes and Kelepasa was one of them. And so, so before that, I was I hadn't uh, done a trap remix of a cumbia song yet. I was only doing like pop songs or like mm-hmm. uh, slow songs or whatever, like kind of beefing them up. And then I did Kelepasa, which is a cumbia song, and I was like, whoa, like this is a whole new thing, like cumbia sample with like trap drums on it. Like, damn, like. I hadn't heard that before. So I was like, yo, maybe this is what I need to do. So I started to do it more. Like I'll find cumbia songs and just make trap beats with cumbia songs. And that's how scrumbia happened. I just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept making edits, kept sending them to homies. They were playing them. Um, And then it turned into me not wanting to use samples anymore. Mm -hmm. And I would just start making like original Scrumbia songs. So that's where I'm at now with Scrumbia. It's like I, I want it to be a thing, but I don't want I don't want it to be like just samples anymore. Because all I was doing was just taking Scrumbia samples and making trap beats with them. Yeah. But now I'm like I'm trying to make like like everything that I do with Geo, like it's all original, you know, like and that's how I want Scrumbia to be now. I want more people to to like mess with scrumbia with that vibe and that energy but like with original music you know like i, I want that's where i want to push scrumbia too that's that's the direction i'm going you know yeah i'm i'm listening to some of your stuff dude and i'm like what this shit word, is word. fire bro it's fire it's like let me play this let me play this for somebody and like see who who would react to it because it's like two it's it's houston and it's also texas you know, cumbia, and uh-huh. it's like, whew, it's 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 crazy, bro. That's crazy stuff. Crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a very unique uh, sound. I feel like only only Texas, you can kind of understand it, you know? Like, I, I don't know if I've, I, I don't think I've played it in, like, another state, and it, it went well, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, like, they don't understand screw, you know, chopping screwed here. I mean, people know about it, yeah, but yeah. it's like, it's a whole vibe here in Houston, you know. That's just, that's uh, the national music for us here, you know. Yeah, if I played it, I, I, I played WEPA, like, uh, before the pandemic, like, two years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. And 
I played a whole scrumbia set, like everything was scrumbia, and there was people dancing the whole time, and like they got it, you know, they understand it. So I mean, it's it's a really small genre right now, but I'm hoping to catch more ears, and then maybe in a couple of years, more kids will want to be doing scrumbia and shit, you know? Yeah. So are you the like? Do you is there somebody else that's also doing scrumbia, or is it just you right now? Uh, I'm the only one calling it Scrum yet. Mm-hmm. There's there's other people doing it, and like, uh, I mean, it's it's good, but I mean, I don't know. I, it can't. You won't sound like me. Like I, I have a specific sound. A unique sound. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, I don't know. It's cool though. Like I want I want more people to do it, and but I technically like I mean not technically I I don't really want Scrum yet, uh to be called Scrum yet. Like I, I do, but at the same time, I would really love it if people just called it cumbia, you know, just mm-hmm. like accept it as cumbia, you know. Just another like branch in the cumbia tree. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, I, I hopefully it gets to that level to where it's like, oh, that's just rebajada, or like, oh, that is cumbia, you know, like I don't know. But right now it's it's, it's cumbia. That's what I'm calling it, cumbia. Have you ever like chopped and screwed one of your dad's stuff just for like fun? Uh, um, did I? I don't think I have. Uh, no, I don't think I have. I have like recreated his one of his songs into like a different style, mm-hmm. but it wasn't it wasn't Scrumbia, and I never put it out. I just kind of like did it just to see if I could do it, and it worked. But I, I won't put it out. It's kind of like in your little vault, just like hey, whatever. yeah. Just I, it was kind of like one of those times where I was like, I wonder what would happen if I did this, and I just did it just to see. But just for me, just for my own brain. To like, uh, I don't know. Just I stopped thinking about it. I guess. <laughs> it's just like finally I did it. Let me just yeah. Yeah, I had to. I had to do it just to get it out of my head. That that's that's pretty cool. I mean, I w- I'd love to hear that. Like myself, being like, hmm, how does that sound? Chopped and screwed. I mean, I can kind of picture it, but I'm like, that would be pretty cool yeah. to hear it like that. You know. Maybe maybe one day I'll I'll do something. Yeah, so I saw that you put on Instagram that you're finally coming out with your own little little seven inch vinyl. How's that feel? Yes, it's crazy. Like when I when I got the test print, I was I was tripping. I was like, I felt like a little kid again because it's like, yo, like that's a dream, you know, to like be able to say this is my music and have it on like a vinyl record and like have homies like actually buying the record and shit. Um, but yeah, it felt it felt I felt like a little kid again whenever. I found out it was going to happen and like, I well, no, when I found out it was going to happen, I was like, okay, dope. Like, let's, let's do it. Like, we'll see. And then the process kept going and going. And then, uh, I haven't really told anybody yet, but the vinyl is actually going to be green. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a green record. Nice. Yeah. So, cause the, the EP is called Flores Verdes. Mm-hmm. So, um, once I, I got to that step where, I, where they were like, here are all your green options. Like, which one do you want? I was like, damn, bro, like, it's really happening. Like, I'm really about to have a record. And then fast forward, like, a month, I get the test print. And when I open the box, it's, it just said Principa Q, like, Flores Verdes, test, like, whatever. And it's like, damn, like, this is, uh, like, it was, I don't know. I just felt like a kid, like, it's a real moment. And uh, I don't know, it's tight. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's 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 really awesome, bro. Like to reach like a goal like that to have you know. How would your dad think? Like you were like you know, hey, check this out, you know. I I don't even know if I told him that I was, or maybe I did, but like 
I don't know. Every time, every time I tell him, he's real supportive and he, he lets me know that he's proud of me and that like he loves me and stuff, you know. And I, I really appreciate that from him, you know. Yeah, nice. That's good. Because I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Everybody wants to hear that from from their dad, you know. Because yeah. that's like a a Mexican man thing, you know. Like your your dads don't tell you shit like that, you know. <laughs> so it, it's it's cool for for him to like kind of break that stigma, you know. And it, it's nice. Yeah, especially like I said, your dad, you know, just to tell you, it's kind of like my dad told me. Yeah, yeah, I spilled it. I was like, yeah, bro, like hell yeah, I need to hear that, you know, like just so I so I know, like keep going, like yeah, exactly. So I'm going to purchase you know your 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 seven inch. Hopefully, I can get that soon. Um, I just been kind of busy and stuff like that, but I do collect vinyl as well, and you know and stuff like that, and um. You know, I I bought the the Selena, you know, ones that uh, at the my local record store and stuff like that. It's great and stuff like that. So Ooh. I I want I want to kind of like tell you this. I don't know if you if you talk to your 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 grandpa and stuff like that about you know music wise, and I don't know if you're like into the conversations with them, but for real, bro, I think they should really get into releasing some of your, your Selena stuff like on vinyl, like this like the per albums like you know solo stuff Mm -hmm. because i think like the vinyl scene right now is getting really big and um you know everyone there's i've looked on like discogs and stuff like that and like to find like original ones and i'm like three four five six hundred dollars and i'm like yeah bro chill but like because they're rare they're super yeah they're super rare dude and i'm like that's a big market and I was like, that would be really cool, you know, like splatter editions and you know the live and some of the stuff with Leo, you know Selena Yos Dinos and stuff like that. It'd be really cool if like, you know, packages. And so I don't know if you will spread the word, but <laughs> that's just a thought, yeah, you know. I'm, I'm I'm gonna go tell them. <laughs> yo, but the the live album from Corpus that would be fire on vinyl. I'm gonna tell them just so I could have it on vinyl. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell them, yo, y'all. Y'all should put it out, but really, it's like just it's for me. I want, I want a copy of it. Yeah, yeah. I'll get like ten, and I'll send you one, and I'll send other homies some. Nice, nice. It. So, yeah. you, but how is the music scene in Corpus? I would, I don't know. Like, I've been to Corpus a couple of times. I have some family that live in Robstown, but like, what, oh, word. you know, what kind of vibe is the music scene in, in Corpus? You know, man, it's uh, it's real two thousand and three. You know, like it's it's kind of really? hard to. Yeah, the uh, a majority of the scene here is like they're stuck in, in like trap boy era music, you know. It it hasn't really progressed too much. But I mean, also there is like a couple of cool artists like sprinkled in here, you know. Mm-hmm. Like that don't get me wrong, like there's some real talent here in Corpus. Uh just the other day here in the same spot where I'm at, there was a an album release party, Mahomi uh fat boy sean he's a rapper and it was really dope to be on the outside of that event not like i was i was here but like just to see it from that outside perspective because they're all younger than me mm-hmm. so like it it was nice to see that there is like fresh young talent here and that maybe in a couple of years the music scene will be better you know because like right now it's kind of it's kind of wet it's kind of like yeah it's, I think it's just the city, like Corpus is, is it's in the transitional uh, phase, like, I don't know, so like in the in the next five, six years, it, it could be like better, but mm-hmm. I don't know, who knows? Yeah, you, you know, when Let's I went see. to Corpus, um, I was like, 
where is everybody? It felt kind of dead to me a little oh. bit. And I was like, this is not what I'm used to. I'm used to like people walking and stuff like that. Like I said, you know, I went to go visit family and we, we did stuff. You know, we went to um, the battleship and, you know, we walked on the beach oh, and stuff okay. like that, you know. But that was like maybe like 10 years ago, maybe something like, shit like that. But yeah, that's the one thing that I know is I was like, Corpus is pretty dead. Where Where is everybody? Where's like, you know, the, the scene and the dances? But, but um. Uh, is it is it usually like that, or is it just like on some days? Nah, um, I guess it just depends. Like um, around the holidays, it's real popping over here. Really, like, nightlife, tourists, like everything, like any type of holiday, which is weird. Like I don't, know, I don't know, but I mean, it's a tourist tourist town. You know, people come to the beach and stuff like that. But the holidays, always popping over here. Um, there is a couple of festivals that go on over here, which are, they're really good. Um, like the other Los Muertos Festival is super dope every year. Um, they always get Dusty to do the, the music lineup. Mm-hmm. So it's always like A1, the whole lineup. Um, but yeah, it's got its, it's got its days like where it is dead, like dead, dead. But then it does have days where it's like, oh shit, like that's what's up, Corpus. Like y'all are, y'all are really out here today, you know? Like, so it just it just depends. Yeah, I mean it's a beautiful city. It's right next to the water. You would you know I would think that would be like popping, but I guess like you said, it, it just depends on you know holidays and stuff like that as well. You know. Mhm. So like, uh, like what are your thoughts? Like I know like the whole Selena festival happened a couple years ago. Um, how did how was that for you? Like you know to experience something like that for for your, your tia and you know to see all these people come out and support like a, her own festival. You know how was how was that for you? You know, man, it was the first year. It was it was beautiful. Like uh, when I saw the line of people, I tripped out. And also, what was tight is do you, do you know what Remesco is? Uh, the website. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're kind, they're kind of, they're like a like a lifestyle like website pretty much they Mm -hmm. do like music fashion like all all that stuff they sent me and my homie king louie to walk through the crowd they sent us with a camera and a microphone and we went and we interviewed people we started talking to these people we got to talk to them like did the whole like ask them like five six questions and then like towards the end louie would be like so hey what what would you say if you were you were talking to a quintanilla right now and they would they would like respond either respond or they would be like what do you mean and he would be like well he's he's related to them like this is AB son or whatever and it was like oh my god like everybody freaked out or whatever but that was tight because like I got to talk to these fans and they didn't know who I was at all so I got like very authentic answers and like real conversation and then like because everything changes as soon as they know you're mm-hmm. related you know like but it was it was really cool it was, that was a it was a cool experience the first year to be able to do that. And then uh, I think I got to go on stage with my dad too the first year. Like I play, I set in on drums with him, I feel like. Really? I think, yeah, I think it was the first year. Um, then the second year, I think I lived in Houston when, oh no, I was in New York. Okay. So yeah, it, it happens the same weekend every year. And it's for the anniversary of her passing, I think. Mm-hmm. And that year was my first year getting booked in New York for that. So I was in New York that year. I didn't get, I only went the first year. Now that I think about it, I only went the first year because I was booked 
every year after that. Oh, wow. Travel. But yeah, the first year was dope. I, I really, it, it made me sad that they never really like uh, progressed, you know, like it kind of just, they did the bare minimum kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, my my parents went to the first one when it started. You know, my parents went to the the, the other the others festival year. I mean, you, oh, I'm sorry, they went to the other you know following years and stuff like that. They got me a shirt. You know, like I said, my parents love Selena, the music and stuff uh-huh. like that. Um, so you know, they would go and support and they would check out all the bands. You know, like um, you know, David Lee Garza, um, you know, uh, your uncle Chris Perez, you know, and stuff yeah. like that, and, and you know, they they love that music, and you know, my parents enjoyed going, and then when they said that, it, I think was it going to move to like San Antonio and be something different? I think that's what they said. Yeah, they were going to move it to well, I think it was going to be Fiesta La Flor still, but um, it was it was going to be Fiesta de La Flor still. But they were just moving it to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. But then COVID happened, so I don't know. Like, who knows what's going to happen with it now? You know? Yeah, because I saw that like, they were going to get like Pitbull and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, y'all going to get some big. Oh, yeah. that was uh, that was uh, for the anniversary. It was like the, the was it the twenty the fiftieth anniversary or twenty fifth? Yeah, she was going to be fifty years old, but it was the twenty fifth anniversary of her passing mm-hmm. so that's what it was it was gonna be like a big celebration for this oh thing. okay 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 but yeah that was gonna be like pitbull and and my dad and um what else was it there was like another band oh, i forgot who it was but yeah it was gonna be like a whole thing i was actually excited because i hadn't seen my dad play in like years i haven't seen him play in years and i was finally gonna go like to the concert i was gonna take my daughter and my girl with me and everything yeah and then a COVID happened and it was like damn bro like, yeah dude. i don't know I, I don't know when it'll happen again so we'll see how, how did COVID affect you because i know like you said you're, you're you're getting booked you're doing shows and stuff like that how was it how was it how did it affect you it it threw a wrench in my whole like my whole year last year because i was already getting into the groove of like uh it was like okay so from September to December, I'm going to chill. Like, holiday season. My daughter, it started with, like, my daughter's birthday's in September, then my birthday's in November, and then Christmas time. So I was like, I told myself, all right, so September, December, don't book any shows, don't do anything, like, do all everything the beginning of the year. So I was like, all right, bet. So I had already wrapped up uh, my, like, touring season, I guess you could say, and uh, I was already planning to get well, after the holidays or no, yeah, during the holidays is when like COVID started to happen. And so after the holidays is usually when I go full mode into like, all right, I need a gig every weekend. I need to hit these people have hit these people up. All right, I'm gonna go to LA this week, like whatever. So after the holidays, I was like, I was just sitting there twiddling my thumbs, you know, I was like, damn, like, what, what do I do? Like, I, I mean, it was cool being at home more and like cooking a lot and like, you know, drinking, just, just your average pandemic, stuff, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it just, it threw a wrench in my whole year last year. Cause I just sit and sat and did nothing. I was like, yo, what's, what's next for me? You know, like, so I didn't get to do any shows, but 
uh, I found a studio space. So that was kind of like a blessing that, that happened. Like I wasn't even like really looking for a space, but one day me and a friend, we, my homie Malone, I mentioned him earlier, we went out driving looking for spaces just randomly just to like see what was out there yeah and we found one called them we were like hey can we look at it we looked at it and it was like yo like it feels it this feels like it's it you know like that was it so and that was like um when was that i think that's when stuff started opening to 50 percent capacity again Mm -hmm. like so that was a little bit after like quarantine time or whatever yeah but uh yeah that's what so it threw a wrench in me in my life, but I came out of it with like a new hustle, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like that kind of happened to everybody, though. You know, like which is, is cool. Like a lot more people now are doing something that maybe they wouldn't have done before, and they're able to now. You know. Yeah. So, did you pick up any new like hobbies or interests during the pandemic? Um. I don't think so. I I watch TV less now, if that counts for anything. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're always watching TV uh, less, you know. I'm trying to think, like, did I get into anything? No, not really. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Kind of just, like, went into, like, studio mode, you know, yeah. work, working more. Yeah, oh, yeah. so I guess you could say that was that was something I got into was, like, more of the like mixing and mastering mm-hmm. end of like music i i got the studio space and i had already been like dabbling with it but i was at, at working at home and i couldn't turn my music loud to where i could hear it hear it so i never really got to mix at home but then i moved into the space and i'm able to crank it as loud as i want so i got more into like mixing and mastering and like studying current music and what it sounds like and trying to match the music I make to that through like mixing and mastering stuff. So like, I guess that's something I picked up during the pandemic. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Um, I noticed on your Instagram that you're always uh, cooking a lot. You like showing off your, your cooking skills, man. How, how did that start? Yeah. I mean, it started when music started, I, uh, I needed gas money to get to the studio, you know? <laughs> so I just, I mentioned it earlier. My, my homies owned a restaurant and, um, they just, they gave me a job. I started busting tables and from there they opened a second restaurant and they were like, Hey, we need kitchen staff. What's up? Do you want to get into the kitchen? And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Might as well. So started to learn how to cook. And I mean, it's like every kitchen. I don't know if you know anybody works in the kitchen, but yeah, they started at dishwashing and you learn a little bit here, learn a little bit there, you move your way up. And so I just, that's how it happened for me. I learned in a sushi restaurant and then uh, I would just do cooking on, on the side for music to help me like pay for bills and shit pretty much. So uh, it started as that, like just a necessity. And now like, I just enjoy it. Like I really, I really like cooking to the, to where like, I'm going to cook something that's going to fuck your world up, but like in a good way, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that, that's where I'm at in my cooking career now, like to where I can like, I can make anything and it's just going to gonna hit you in the mouth and be like, damn, bro. It looks delicious, uh, bro. I'm like, damn, that shit looks good, bro. Yeah, man. I work, I've worked in kitchens uh, all over Corpus. I worked in Austin in the kitchen for a little bit. And when I lived in Houston, 
Uh, have you heard of Toot Sweet? Uh, I think I have. I think I have. It's over by uh, by Minute Maid Park. It's called Toot Sweet. It's like a little uh, cafe, bakery. But I worked there for a little bit. That's really where I learned a lot too, like working in that kitchen because it was that was like that was so intense working in that kitchen because it got mm-hmm. so busy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just I, I enjoy cooking now. I just did a cooking competition the other day, really? the first time ever. Yeah, yeah, it was like chopped kind of. Uh, it was at a local bar over here, but I, I won the cooking competition. Like I was, I was the victor that night. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you, bravo, bravo. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I love cooking. Cooking and music go hand in hand for me. Like it's, they just both make sense the same way in my head. It's weird. Like that's just how my brain is wired. For sure, for sure. You you got the, you know, the recipe. You got the ingredients. Same thing with the music. You got the beat. You got the rhythm. You have the instruments. It it, it it's all cooking. So you know. Yeah. Just with computers <laughs> and instruments. For sure. So you mentioned that you're a dad. How how does that change and how does that affect your your world now? You know, being an artist and music. You know, and your daughter and stuff like that. How does it? Has you appreciated more? You know, spending time with your daughter and being like a dad. You know, and stuff like that. Yeah, so for when she was first born, I like I took some time off to just like be at home, and I didn't really like work on music or anything. Didn't like try to DJ. Like I didn't. I wasn't going out. Like just at home. And then slowly, I got back into the swing of things, and and uh, that's when it started to like turn into like a time management thing. Because really, that's that's all it is. Is like time management. Is like okay, I, I'm gonna have this window of time from this time to this time to go work in the studio i may only sleep three hours but that's that's what i gotta do you know i got i gotta get my work done but then still be up in the morning to get my daughter ready for school and like make her lunch and shit like that so it's like it's just a time management thing and i'm, I'm sure it's like i don't know as, it, as she gets older and she's able to do for herself more like it'll it'll get easier on me and stuff but it, it's dope like i i I really enjoy it. Like, I love spending time with her. I love like seeing how she's discovering the world now and stuff. It's it's really really dope. That's great, dude. Yeah, mad respect, dude. You know, you doing it as, as you you know being a dad and stuff like that. It's not easy during this time, you know, especially during the pandemic. And you know, I don't have kids, but you know, I would I would like to have kids with you know me and my girlfriend, you know, and stuff like that. And it's just so amazing because. What I do, I, I work for HISD and I deliver food to the schools and stuff like that. And sometimes when I'm like, you know, going to the schools, I watch these kids and like see them play and, you know, having fun. And I'm like, damn, man, it's it's crazy how we were just there not that long ago. And us yeah. being older, we're watching them like explore the world and see things how we saw them, you know, and it's crazy. And I'm like, damn, man, it's going to be weird, you know, like having a child and be like, this is the world. You know, and it, to see their life through their eyes and, you know, experience it. it. Like I said, I, I can't wait for that. But, like, I can imagine you, you you love it and you enjoy it, you know. Yeah, it's dope. It's really dope. Life-changing, for sure. Exactly. Exactly. So, we'll ask, I'll ask you a couple more questions and then we'll get to our, 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 our other stuff. So, uh, I know, like, the whole Selena series and stuff like that on Netflix. Um, what's your opinion on that? How do you How do you feel about that? I loved it. I, uh, I watched, I don't think I watched it the first day or no, when it first came out the first day I watched the first episode, I cried 
like uh i forgot what part oh there's a part where i'm spoiler alert but there's a part where they're starting the band and they're starting to practice and they're practicing and practicing and practicing and every scene is just my grandma she's like picking up clothes or like washing dishes and it's her and you see her listening to them and they're getting better and getting better and getting better and finally they're like to where they're playing a song like without any flaws or anything and just to see her joy even though it wasn't my grandma like i could imagine my grandma's joy in that moment and it just i was overwhelmed with emotion i was just like yo like that is so beautiful that netflix was able to write that into that that way and i don't know if everybody couldn't really catch on to that like understanding that they were practicing to get better and get better and get better and like once they were good like you just like you could see her her getting proud and it was like oh man it it really hit me in the heart but uh yeah so the first episode got me like that i cried immediately um there's little like comedic things that they put in that are like super netflixy mm -hmm. but also like very funny very like i love that it's it's a family show like you can sit with your family and watch this family show and like connect and like I, I think it was really dope. And I watched the trailer for part two mm -hmm. and I cried. Like they just put it out last week or something like that. I cried again because it, it I don't know what it was in, in that one that made me cry, but I was like, oh, bro, they do it. They're like, they're, they're fucking with, with emotions, you know, like they're really like writing it very well. And, and I, I'm, I'm super proud of it. Like I, 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 uh, I loved, I loved, the whole first season and i can't wait to watch the yeah i mean i can assume that like the reason why it hit you so hard is because you lived through that you saw that with your own eyes you know it seemed the whole the popularity and everything and then it seemed the last concert and and stuff like that and like i said that's probably why it hit you so bad because like you saw it with your own eyes and now to see it on tv people acting it it's like it's surreal you know it's it's crazy like for i can assume i can imagine you just like shit this is my family on netflix you know having their whole story yeah, play well, out even me like I'm, they put me in i saw in that the episode <laughs> yeah and it, i did not expect that at all i was like yo what like they really put baby me in in this like in the series it's tight yeah you know and i did a whole review on the show because you know i when i talked about it in, in, in the little episode I was like, you have the movie and you have the TV series. I love the movie. The movie, you know, I remember watching it as a kid. Um, but the TV series, like you said, it's they add these things that make it a little bit more authentic. And it, it brings out the story better. Like, it's a family series, like you said. And there's yeah. things that you didn't know about the family, like, you know, um, with the restaurants and, you know, growing up and having to deal with these hardships and, and these hard times with your family and then practicing and having to go through things and stuff like that. It's, it's great to see that, you know, like the movie it's good, but with the TV show, I think it's a whole lot better. And you know, there's those people who are like, I don't got to watch the show. I can watch the movie. It's the same. I was like, no, the show is so good. It's so good, dude. Yeah, it really is. They, they, they definitely hit on some different points than the movie did. Like the movie I feel like the movie is like, uh, what are those called? Like, you know, when you used to have to read books in high school and they would give you like, um, like a, a little condensed version of it. Yeah. It's like a yellow book. Like, I don't know. I don't remember what they call it. Like, spark notes uh, and stuff like that. Spark notes. Yeah. Spark notes. 
I feel like the movie is like the Spark Notes version of, yeah. of the uh, of the story, and then the series is kind of like the novel version of the story. Like it's a full like written out like story. Yeah. So were you like on set during the movie time? You know, like when they yeah. did with everything and all. How was that, dude? It was crazy. I I was I was I was probably like it like five, four or five, six, somewhere in that age range. But uh I mean I didn't understand what any of it was, you know, like I, I knew we were on the movie set, but like seeing all the lights and shit like that, like I, at the time I didn't really like think anything of it, but like now it's like dude, like I was there, like they filmed uh the Astrodome scene in the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. The Astrodome wasn't closed anymore. Yeah. And also I think it was probably it was probably cheaper to uh to do it in, in San Antonio, so they did it there. But um, I was there. I remember walking in through the back, like where all the trucks load in and like going into the big stadium. Like there's just all tons of people. And like uh, I got to go up on the stage. Like I have pictures on the stage and stuff. Like it, it was cool. I have pictures with Jennifer Lopez and like Jacob Vargas, all, all, all of them. They all came after the movie finished shooting. My dad threw like, uh, dinner parties at our house and stuff so everybody was around um but yeah it was it's crazy it's crazy to think about it now because like at the time i didn't realize like how big like it was actually you know like yeah. i was like oh i was like oh there's shooting a movie about my aunt cool like i was a little ass kid but like if i would have been on set at the age i am now it was like i would be like complete different uh situation you know like definitely appreciate it more and try to maybe learn more from being around it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, dude. So how was your relationship with, with, with your aunt, you know, cause I know you were younger, but like, how was she around, you know, how was it like to be around her? Cause you know, we know that she, she's always smiling. She was always bubbly. Like how was your personal, uh, you know, a, a view of being with your aunt and stuff like that? Uh, I mean, I don't really remember too much. I was like, um, three when she passed i think three or four but i do remember that i mean from what i see in pictures also uh that she just adored us you know me and my sister we were her only niece and nephew and she she adored us you know she she did a lot for us i'm sure and we were just always around like wherever they were at on the road we were there too like my mom me my sister my dad like we, we would just go everywhere um I do remember like being able to walk over to her house because it was our house. Me and my, my sister and my mom and dad lived in a house. And then my grandma and grandpa lived in a house next door. And then on the other side, uh, Selena and Chris lived in that house. Mm -hmm. So it was really like, like in the show, like we were all on one block. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I remember just being able to walk across like all the yards and like just go whenever. So like, uh, my dad couldn't find me or like my mom couldn't find me and they would call call her and be like hey are they over there you got them they're with you right and it's like yeah they're here like we're chilling we're good like so that's I mean that's really all I remember because it's like I don't really remember too much there's like video and like pictures and stuff but not much in my brain too many brain cells lost you know what I mean <laughs> oh, for sure for sure I've been there <laughs> But I mean that that's really cool, dude. You know, just being a part of that family and just you know having being having Selena as your tia. That's like 
what you know that's so crazy and just to see the impact that she has made in in, in our lifetime you know music wise her fashion you know senses and just her being a great person it it's great you know um, I did an episode with uh, Amanda Solis. I don't know if you know her, but she's a Selena oh, impersonator, yeah, yeah. you know. And, you know, how she started, she started doing, like, quinceañeras and stuff like that. And then it became her own music career as well. And I know there's a line in the TV series where your, your grandfather was telling somebody, um, you know, Selena's success is your success, you know. And it, it's kind of true because it's, like, because of her and her music and stuff like that, we take influence and, you know, we, we, we put our own spin on it. And it's like, because she succeeded, we can succeed as well, you know. And it's, it's, it's so crazy just to see how how she's blown up and how, like, this huge icon she is, you know. It's, it's crazy, man. It really is. So, but, um, okay, so before that, um, I want to ask about your Uncle Chris. Like, um, how's your relationship with him? Is it really cool that y'all still talk and stuff like that? You still hang out with him? Yeah, yeah. I used to have his number. I don't know if I still have I just got a new phone recently, and I don't know if I transferred the number or not. But, uh, yeah, we, we played um, – before the pandemic, we played a show together in New York, actually. Really? He, uh, yeah, he set in on a couple of songs with – they had a house band, and um, Kali Uchi sang, Kuko, uh, what's his name? Oh, go on blank. Elado Negro, he sang. Okay, okay. Um, there was another one. There was a little girl. I forgot her name. And then Jasper Bones. I don't know if you've heard of him. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, so they had a house band playing Selena songs, and all these different artists were singing the songs. And I think Chris came out and played with, it was either Kuko or Kali Uchis, one of them. But he came and played one song, and that was it. Like That was the last time. No, actually, I ran, I ran to him on the street out here in Corpus the other day, he was filming a music video out here really? and he was walking by and like, we just, we hug, like he gives me a hug every time. Like he, he's, he's family, you know, like he'll always be family. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, uh, every, anytime I'm at like in the vicinity of where he's playing or like, if I know he's in San Antonio and I'm going to be there or something, like I hit him up and now it's kind of cool. Cause he's like hanging out with, some of my friends so it's like oh it's dope like we're we're all in the same friend group now you know like yeah that's pretty cool man yeah i actually saw him was it i think maybe like two years ago pre-pandemic um i won tickets to see his band at warehouse live and i was like oh shit i get to see chris you know and i was like this is pretty cool to see you know the the legend chris and his, his band was great dude he's really good at guitar and i'm like this is pretty, pretty fucking dope, dude. You know, they played a couple of Selena songs and stuff like that. And I was like, you can see like the authenticity in his eyes, you know, like he just enjoys playing music and he just loves talking about Selena and stuff like that. It, it's great. I would love to have him on the show, dude. Just like pick his brain about music and just his whole story and just everything. Cause it's a, it's a great love story. You know, if you really think about it. Yeah. So for sure. Okay, so let's get into our second part of the show, which we are talking about unpopular opinions. I wish I had a sound for that shit, but I don't, so I need to come up with one. <laughs> All right, so since you are our guest, um, do you have any unpopular opinions? I do. Um, my first one is when people say I miss the old Kanye. I I can't agree with that. Like, <laughs> 
Fuck. I, I, is that how it works? Like I'm saying an unpopular opinion? Or? Yeah, yeah. Like where people are like, you know, like yeah, you know, I I understand, I understand what you're saying. Like you know, when yeah, people like, are like, people, oh man, I miss the old Kanye. Kanye. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't. That's that's the most unpopular opinion to me because like I I don't know. An old Kanye is old Kanye. That's like saying like you miss your old stuff. Like you're not supposed to. You know, like it's important to grow and progress. And like if you don't understand his growth through the creativity and the change in the music that he's making and stuff like that, then that's cool. Like, but don't say that you want old Kanye, you know, because people grow, you know, I don't know. That's, that's how I feel about that. That's a good one. That's actually a good one. You know, like I said, he, like you said, he's grown, he, he's been through some shit. He's a different person, you know, and with him dealing with the stuff now, you know, you know, mental illness and stuff like that. It, it, he's, you know, definitely growing into an, old, an older person. He's becoming, you know, a dad and stuff like that. So I agree with you saying like missing the old Kanye is kind of like, bro, no, it, Kanye is Kanye then, but this is a different Kanye now. And, you know, learn to appreciate the past, but it's like, you know, the the future is always different, you know. All right. So go ahead with the second one. If you got a second one. Yeah, I got a second one. Um, a lot of these rappers nowadays are not really good rappers. Like they just have good beats. You want to say a few names? <laughs> no, I mean, but this is one that I agree with. Like, yeah, that's that's like. Uh, but I feel like not many people will say it. You know, like they're not going to say that uh, Travis Scott's a terrible rapper, but he kind of is. You know, like or like Domingos. Like <laughs> what are what are or like I don't know like. 21 Savage or like uh, there's very few of them who are actually saying like some meaningful shit you know yeah there's way there's way more rappers now just rapping on good beats not saying anything than there are musicians and uh vocalists creating good hip-hop you know no, yeah, I totally, I totally understand. I totally agree with that as well. You know, I I love hip hop. I listen to hip hop, but there's just some rappers. I'm like, this shit's garbage, but the beats fire. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of good production out now. You know, and like I said, I appreciate like the old school shit from like the '90s. You know, like Wu Tang and then a tribe called Quest. They had fire beats, but their lyricism and the, the, what they spoke was facts and truth and it yeah, just it was so thing. good you know and I, I love listening to old school hip-hop and stuff like that you know but i think the new generation needs to learn from from the past to make the future better you know for sure do i have an unpopular opinion i haven't thought about this for a while i usually i usually throw this one out i always do but um <laughs> pico de gallo's trash that's <laughs> one of my unpopular opinions bro i know that's that's oh. bad but <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Let me play this. Hey yo, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you're kind of right though, because like, bro, that's five for five. Guy. Yeah, but it's I like know, I said, it's an unpopular good. opinion because people are like, I love pico de gallo and they eat with their chips when when they go to the restaurant, but me and was like. Just give me the basic ass salsa, bro, because I prefer the salsa before yeah. eating the pico. Oh, for sure. I'd much rather dip into the salsa than a pico. Like, just a better bite. And it, um, I think it's stupid because I don't like onions, really, to be honest. So. Oh, yeah. Onions are big in, in pico de gallo. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Damn. I never thought about that one. 
<laughs> I said that before and people were like, bro, you're not invited to the party no more. And I'm like, bro, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying that's my opinion, bro. Chill, chill. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, do I have another one? Fuck, I had one. Um, go ahead. Uh, if you have another one, I, I can think of one. I do. Yeah, this is my last one. Um, Shipley Donuts is better than Krispy Kreme Donuts. Bro, facts. Facts, yeah, facts, like, facts, facts. I it, hate it, Krispy Kreme. Yeah, I was about to say, second part of this is Krispy Kreme is good. Like, that's a very unpopular opinion because Krispy Kreme is not good. Like, the donuts are not good at all. Unless it's hot. The hot one is the only good one. Shipley Donut, you can eat it fresh, like hot, or like five hours later in the day when you're just like need something to snack on, it's still fucking good. It's still snack. Bro, Krispy Kreme, you can't do yeah, that. I've said that for sure. So, you know, people really don't know about Chipley's because I feel like it's a Texas thing. But um, yeah. them hot and ready when you get them and you're like, fuck, it's going to fuck me up. And you eat them and they're so just so soft and, you know, the glaze and everything. And like you said, you can have them when they're fresh and hot. And then five hours later when they're cold or something like that, they still taste good. Throw them in the microwave. They taste even better with mm-hmm. Krispy Kreme. Nah, bro, I, I've never had a fresh one, so I wouldn't know. But, like, I just don't like the crunchy, crispy, I guess, with the donut. I prefer Dunkin'. Yeah. I prefer Dunkin'. And I'm like, I showed, oh, a, <laughs> I showed I a friend of mine. I love Dunkin', bro. It, 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 they're, I think they're good. I know they're, like, frozen donuts or uh-huh. whatever. But I showed a friend of mine because he was all about Krispy Kreme. And I'm like, bro, Dunkin' is way better. He's like, nah, bro. So I bought a 12 dozen, you know, a variety of Dunkin'. And he looks at me and he was like, fuck you. He's like, this shit is good. <laughs> I was like, Damn. but maybe I need to give Duncan another try. The last time I had it, it wasn't. It wasn't it's pretty good. Their breakfast is pretty decent. They got some good stuff. I mean, I like going there for coffee other than Starbucks. I used to work at Starbucks, uh-huh. so I know like the whole tricks and trade. But I really prefer uh-huh. Duncan. You know, I, I just think it's better, you know, so. Yeah, I, I fuck with Duncan coffee for sure but donuts i don't know I may have to give it another another shot it depends it really depends i don't like like the whole sprinkles and, and jelly filled and all. i mean it's good but it's like that's not my forte i like regular glaze give me the ones with the chocolate and the nuts and stuff like that so um let me let me do another one um i guess i can say and it's really it's a popular but it's unpopular to some people. I guess we can say the Dallas Cowboys are trash and they're never going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I have family members who are diehard Cowboys fans and they will literally punch me in the fucking face for saying that. It's crazy that like everybody knows somebody that's a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> it's always right? like, like a family member or a coworker or some shit like that. Somebody. Yeah. Everybody knows somebody who's a diehard Cowboys fan. Dude, I remember like growing up, yeah. Birth and everything. I remember growing up, um, my Theo Mondo, he loves the Cowboys, dude. And this was like during the heyday when they were winning Super Bowls and shit like that. I remember going over and hanging out with my cousin because they used to live in Sugarland. So I would go and hang out with her and stuff like that. And we would go to like his workout room and he would just have like all the cowboy memorabilia and stuff like that. And being young, I was like, who the fuck are the cowboys? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but then I started like, I don't really like this. I don't like this vibe I'm getting from this poster. So 
I think that's where it started where I'm like, I don't like the Cowboys. <laughs> and like, yeah. you know, he's a diehard Cowboys man. And I'll see him at like Buffalo Wild Wings. He'll watch the game and I'll go and hug him and say, hey, you know, hang out and we talk. But he knows I don't like the Cowboys and he always laughs. And but yeah, do we somebody always knows the diehard. My cousin Josh, dude is a diehard Cowboys fan too. And wow. I bought him some stuff for, for Christmas because during De- December's his birthday. So we went over there and I bought him some shit. And I'm like, bro, I had to wash my hands after because I picked up some cowboy stuff. And he was like, man, fuck you. But thank you for the gifts. <laughs> but, you know, he talks trash constantly. And now that I'm an Eagles fan because the Eagles and the Cowboys have that rivalry. He like, oh, yeah. yeah, he hates it even more. He's like, man, why do you always pick the teams that fuck with my teams? And I'm like, I don't know, bro. Mm. But. I always tell them that it's like y'all never gonna win, y'all never gonna get anywhere. It's been like almost thirty will. years, bro. <laughs> almost yeah. thirty years, but you know that's just how it is. Oh uh, damn. Okay, I got one more. Patron ain't all that. Patron ain't all that. I don't think so. That's very true. I'm not Patron paying. Patron is th- actually it's the worst tequila out there. I'm not you paying ten dollars for Paul, a shot, bro. Paul Mitchell, right? Huh? You know, you know, it's made by Paul Mitchell. Yeah. The, the hair guy like how can you trust the hair guy to make tequila I don't know bro they trust Kylie Jenner to make fucking tequila too <laughs> I don't know dude I don't know how I feel about that one either like I'm gonna try it don't, like, don't get me wrong I love I love tequila and I love trying all the different kinds but I don't I just don't know how I feel about these celebrities doing tequilas now even like I, I mean I feel kind of shameful saying it but I fucking love Casa Amigos but it's George Clooney and fucking, uh, what's his name? Brad, no, not Brad Pitt. Uh, who is it? It's two celebrities. It's like George Clooney and somebody else that owns Casa Amigos. Mm-hmm. But it's good. It's super good. So I'm kind of scared to like taste the, the Kendall one and like actually <laughs> like it. Cause it's going to be like, fuck, I'm drinking fucking Kendall Jenner's tequila. Like, and I like it. Yeah. Like, so if it's good, I'm going to be a little bit salty. I like uh, I like Cornitos. It's smoother. It's 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 a, the taste is great too, but um, yeah, dude, I'm not paying ten dollars shot. I'm not paying ten dollars for a shot of Patron, and the bottle's like thirty bucks. If I buy three shots, I can just buy the whole damn bottle myself. Shit, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, Patron's trash. I don't know why I people hype it up. It. I don't know why people hype it up so much, especially the Latinos. And I'm like, bro, this shit is yeah. not all that good, bro. Give me. I'd rather drink Jaeger straight. Then drink Patron. And I love Jaeger. <laughs> That's a whole different breed, bro. It is. Somebody asked me, they're like, what do you like to drink? What's your first drink that you start off with? I said, give me a Jaeger and Dr. Pepper. And they're like, bro, I'm scared of you. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. If you try Jaeger. Yeah, well, I mean, it? I can't. I, I used to drink uh, like Jaeger Bomb, but like a drink version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just like Jaeger and Red Bull. I played in a band and... We played at a bar every Tuesday, and that's what I would drink when I was in playing the drums, like just Jaeger and Red Bull. It was, I don't know what was going on with me, but I, I mean, I used to like it, but too many Jaeger hangovers now, like, <laughs> I, won't, I won't touch it. Yeah, dude, Can't I do don't it. know what it is, but for me, it's just, I don't know, it's a unique taste. And, you know, you do like Jaeger and Coke or Jaeger and, and whatever else. So I started fucking around mm-hmm. with Jaeger and Dr. Pepper, and I was like, okay. I like this. Yeah, I might have to try that one. It's pretty good. It, it it's a little more, you know. Dr Pepper's pretty good, and then with yeah. the Jaeger, it gives it a different kind of taste. And um, 
you know, I've I've gone to parties where they're like, "We'll do Jenger bombs, we'll do Jenger bombs," and we've done them, and I've done like three straight. And usually, I don't know what it is, but I'm the one that's always stayed up. Everybody else is fucked up. Everybody's like sleepy, and I'm like, "Bro, it's five o'clock. Why am I still up?" From the Jager oh, bother, bro. <laughs> all that sugar, bro. It's all that sugar. Probably is, you know. And I'm always like focused when we're playing the beer pong. And it was like, it's like, how are you doing? And I was like, the Jager bombs. <laughs> it's all that sugar, bro. Yeah. It's the sugar hype. You're like the the squirrel in that uh, in that movie. Uh, over the hedge, not over the hedge. Maybe it was over the hedge. He has an energy drink, and time goes slower. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was that movie. Yeah. Remember, you remember that? Yeah, I do. That's what it is. <laughs> when you're drinking Jaeger, that's you. Bro, it's just, funny. It's funny. Uh, like, people think, like, something's wrong with you if you're drinking Jaeger. And I'm like, no, I just enjoy it. There was this something about the taste when I first tasted it. And I was like, okay, tastes like medicine, but I can fuck with this. You know, <laughs> all those years, you know, when you drink that nasty ass medicine growing up as a kid. You're like, oh, I don't like it. And then when you get an adult, you're like, oh, this reminds me of that. That ain't nothing. <laughs> you're like, yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> drinking all that fucking medicine. All right, well, let's get into the uh, the last segment of uh, of this part. So it's pretty much called, and I have I have the sound for this one. What are you listening to? So pretty much it's called, what are you listening to? Um, it's a part of the show where we talk about stuff we've been listening to old new rediscovered um stuff you don't like or whatever you know pretty much pretty much what it says itself what have you been listening to so since you are a guest uh what have you been listening to lately lately i've been on like an r&b wave like um there's a radio station on spotify called like uh, Latinx R&B or something like that. I'll throw that on. I've discovered a couple of artists from there. Um, uh, I've also been listening to like uh, kind of like oldies sounding music. Like there's a um, I forgot the name of the label, but they 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 have a band called Los Yesterdays, and Los Yesterdays are they're incredible look them up when we're done if you haven't heard of them because they're they're really dope they're listening to that like oldie style there's a band called los retros i don't know if you've heard of them no I they're kind of younger mm-hmm. they're kind of younger like they, i feel like they're like kuko's age like that kind of uh age group but they're super dope um omar apollo yeah have you ever heard of him been listening to him uh toby wigway is that how you say his name i think he's the one from houston right yeah, he's from Houston. He's fire. Uh, Bo Bundy, of course. Yeah. Houston. Um, Son Rompe Perra. They are from Mexico, and they play more like traditional cumbias, like with the mar- marimba, and uh, it's, it sounds really acoustic and raw. Um, Maya is her name, M-A-Y-E. Okay. She's a singer. She's real like soulful and like jazzy. But it's in Spanish. She does like Spanish and English kind of. Yeah. Uh, she's dope. She's got a song called Tu. It's one of the most beautiful songs I've heard like in the recent years. Um, and the last person I have on this list is Thundercat. Thundercat's beast, fuck with bro. Thundercat. I yeah. fuck with Thundercat. I, I knew who he was and I'd listened to him before. But I kind of like got into other stuff. And then recently, when I moved into the studio space, because I wanted to, like, um, 
like mess with different genres. I got back into Thundercat again when Dragon Ball Durag came out and stuff like that. Yeah. So I just like revisit revisited all his old music and stuff. Um but yeah, I kinda like I just it depends on my mood and what I listen to, but those are kinda like some of the artists I've been listening to lately. Nice, nice. Well, um, like I was saying before, you could always add them to the Spotify playlist, which I need. I think I added it to my my link tree. So um, if you want, go ahead and check it out, follow it. And for everybody else that's listening, yeah. you can go ahead to my link tree, which is www.linktr.ee slash ITNS. Should have the link to the Spotify playlist. Go ahead and follow it. Check out the music that we put in. Um, for me, what have I been listening to? I've been listening to like a lot of... I guess dance music and some other stuff as well. Um, I don't know if you know who S.G. Lewis is. Um, now he's from he's from the UK, and um, he's got a lot of fire beats, bro. Um, his he just dropped an album I think last month in March. It's really good. It's really disco-y. It's very poppy and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, K. Trinata as well. I've been checking him out. I love his music as well. Um, damn, who else am I been fucking with? I've been listening to like I like pop punk music, so you know I'm, I'm that's the kind of the era that I grew up in, Blink One Eighty Two, you know, and stuff like that, uh, Hawthorne Heights, and uh, I was emo kid oh, growing yeah. up, so you know, <laughs> all all that everything. So when I moved into the studio, I got a guitar, and every time I pick up the guitar to play something, it just sounds like Blink One Eighty Two because that's all I used to listen to. It's like Blink One Eighty Two, exactly. Every, dude. All the bands you just named, yeah, all, all of those. Um, all that era, Kyoto, yeah, and like into Shikari, all of the, all of them. Taking Back Sunday, uh, who else? You say My Chemical Romance already? Yeah, my I haven't said it, but yeah, you know them too. Dude, we Paramore, have this. Yeah, Paramore. Paramore, yeah, so good, dude. We have this thing here in Houston. It's called Emo Night. I don't know if you've been. Yeah, I I think I went one time at Barbarella's, right? Yeah, yeah, I think I went one time. Yeah, bro, it goes down in there, bro. I'm I'm in the pit. I'm all fuck, just, just just getting it, you know, yeah. getting my getting my face smashed in and and stuff like that. I've I've gotten I've gotten some bruises and stuff like that. Um, I've got I've got hit in the eye. I I remember this one time. It's a crazy story. I'm in the pit. We're having fun, and this small ass little girl, she's just like she's rowdy as fuck, and then she sees me and she just goes whap right here in my in the middle of the chest, and I'm like, what the fuck. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, bro, what the fuck was that for? She's like, I'm fucking pumped, bro. And I was like, what the? Yeah. F-? And I'm like, bro, that's, I'm good, but like, yeah, bro, shit, <laughs> chill. There's yeah. some people that get pretty rowdy, and I have to like back out because you know they're either fucked up or they just they get rowdy when they listen to that music. So it, it's fun, but I'm like, I have to be caution cautious and stuff like that, especially with my girl. And I'm like, hey, just sit back there, and I'll, I'll you know, but it's fun. I've gotten some bruises and stuff like that, but I, I usually have a good time because you know we're all there for listening to you know Paramore, Fall Out Boy, and Blink One Eighty Two and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's always a good time, you know. Um, shit, what else was I? I had some other stuff that I was listening to. Who else have I listened to? Um, Calvin Harris, some of his old stuff. Um, Justice, uh, their first album, oh, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, other Kings of Leon. You know, a lot of. Um, Tejano music like Emilio and Ram and stuff like that. Uh, fuck, who else? And some other cumbia stuff too. And you know, I, I've been I was listening to your dad's first album. 
um, a while back. And, you know, you, you know, the hits and stuff like that. But I was like, I want to dive deep into like just listening to the whole fucking album. And I was like, wow, really good production, really good songs that you people wouldn't listen to. But like if you listen to the whole album, I'm like, this is a pretty good songs. This is my favorite. You know, like yeah. not like the whole you know, radio hits, you know, like, shh, and, you know, all that stuff. But, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm really diving deep into listening to full albums because it's like I want to discover other songs and, you know, that might be my favorite. But, yeah, your dad's first album, really good, really good. I enjoyed it. I was like, yo, he needs to release that on vinyl. <laughs> uh, that'd be fire. Put some of that stuff on, on vinyl, AB, come on. <laughs> Dude, I went to uh, Oakland like two years ago, I think. And there's a homie out there who has like an insane, insane record collection. I think he sells it too. But he had uh, he had some filmmaking songs on 45. Really? Like from radio stations. Yeah. Tripped me out. I had never seen like, you know, when you get the radio copy, it says like not for sale. Like it has just the name, like no artwork or anything. It just says the yeah. name and the, the song title. He had a couple of Gumi Kings on, and I was like, damn, bro. I wanted, I like, I feel like he gave me one, but I don't remember where I put it. Now that I think about it, damn, I don't remember where I put it. I might have lost it. That I mean, anytime I go to California, it's a blur because, I mean, it's legal over there and it's stronger, so I just... For sure. And high the whole time, so I don't like, <laughs> really remember anything. It's all a blur. Yeah, but so who knows where if I did. I don't know. Maybe I left it at his studio or something. I don't know. But I feel like he did give me like either a CD, like a radio CD with like a single or like something like that. But I don't remember what happened to it. I'm going to have to hit him up. That sounds pretty cool. I've been wanting to go to California. I've never been. I've I've gone to like Florida and Louisiana and stuff like that in Mexico, but I've, it's always been like my goal to go to LA. Um, when I graduated, I was like, I'm gonna move to LA. I'm gonna have a good time. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be, you know. And then I was like, mm, no, I'm cool here. You know, I never really had the time. I never had the money to go. But yeah, um, LA's expensive, bro. My brother just came back from California. He went to LA for a little bit, and then he went to San Diego, and he he loved it out there. But I'm like, I know podcasters out there, and I think I have some family out there. I'm not sure. But, you know, L.A. is a whole nother vibe than here. And, you know, just I like the whole atmosphere and the whole, you know, L.A. scene and stuff like that. So I really want to go. And I'm thinking I'm trying to go during the summer um, to meet up with some podcaster friends and stuff like that and go check out the vibe. And, you know, hopefully I don't get fucking smashed because I'm wearing my Astros gear. So because <laughs> it's, no, it's rowdy out there. Oh, yeah, it's dope. it's dope over there though. Definitely take um, a budget for the dispensaries though, because the first time you go into one, you just want to get everything, and, and you most likely it will. Yeah. Um, who was it? My girl's cousin. He took his well, his ex now, but his girl at the time. They went and they went to a dispensary and they bought um, these little cookies and stuff like that, and. Um, they had went to dinner and she ate like two of them and the the bag said only eat one, you know, at a time. <laughs> so she was like, fuck up. She was like Dang. stuck. She was like, I can't move. I'm stuck. And then she started, he told me she started drooling and I was like, oh, so it's that, that hard out there. 
it's on another level for sure. That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. So, um, before we end, um, tell anybody, tell everybody where they can find you and your music and stuff like that. You know, um, you can find me on Instagram. Instagram is the best way to get a hold of me or see anything. Like that's pretty much the only thing I post on. It's uh, at Principe underscore Q. And then from there, I have my other Instagrams uh, listed in my bio. And I also have a link tree in my bio with uh, my SoundCloud, my Spotify, my Bandcamp, uh, some other podcasts that I've done before, um, a video interview, like all, all types of stuff in, in my bio. But basically follow me on Instagram because that's where I'm the most personal and you'll get to know the real me pretty much for real, for real. So it's been an honor, dude, to having you on this show. It's great. Like I said, we get to know who you really are, you know, behind the name and behind the music and stuff like that. So I really like interviewing people and getting to know who they really are. You know, like I said, I did Amanda Solis and, you know, everybody knows her as the Selena impersonator, but nobody knows, you know, the true her and what she's gone through in life and how she succeeded and stuff like that. So it's great, you know, meeting people like that and getting to know you is, is amazing, too. Like, it's like, OK, cool. Hey, I'm cool with the with the Quintanilla, you know, that's pretty cool. Right, so right, yeah. but yeah, bro, I really appreciate you being on the show again. You know, it, oh, thanks, it, it was for me. I didn't think you would answer. <laughs> I was like, yo, what the <laughs> fuck? He answered. Oh, shit. You know, this is this. Nah, is amazing. Yeah, I, I answer all, I answer all my DMs most of the time, unless it's just like some weird like random shit then i won't answer but like, yeah hey. most of the time i, I answer all my dms say like, hey bro let me get a picture of your feet bro what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> like boop, hey yo instagram this motherfucker asking people for feet pics bro <laughs> <laughs> let that slide by <laughs> damn i got three more pictures and <laughs> well um fuck where's my shit at? damn but yeah, man, I really appreciate you again. Like I said, I can't say thank you enough. You know, um, you know when you're uh, when does your vinyl come out again? I'm, I mean, I forgot to ask that. So uh, right now, Flores Verdes is uh, it's available for pre-order. Uh, there's a link in my bio that you can go to, or you could also follow Trucha Soul Records. Uh, they're out of Austin, Texas. Shout out to them. They're the ones who chose me to put a, a record out with them and their label um so yeah you can go to the link in my bio to pre-order we are expecting them sometime in may maybe mid-may end of may to touch down here in texas and we might do a little run of uh release parties uh houston's definitely one of the stops that i want to do so uh, we'll, we'll hit you up when we're out there for sure. Hell yeah, bro! Shit, I'm a, I pre-order it. So, you know, when I saw that the news that you had it, I was like, I gotta get this. And I was like, maybe I can get them signed. That'd be pretty cool. And, you know, word, word. So, yeah, bro. Like I said, I, thank you again. Let me know whenever you're here in Houston. You know, we chill out, go get a drink, you know, hang out and stuff like that. So. Yeah, man. I'll hit you up when I'm out there again for sure. All right, bro. Well, like I said, this has been inside the North Side. Uh, thank you again for being on the show as i always end this show uh god bless peace stay tight stay clean you know smoke them if you got them whatever um have a great weekend guys and yeah i'll see y'all later